Welcome to The Raw Review. My name is Matthew. And I'm Briley. And we'll be your co-hosts for this series of conversations where we'll be sitting down with collectors, artists, and other members of the RawDAO community. Today we'll be talking with Justin Aversano. Justin is a founding artist of RawDAO and the creator of Twin Flames, a series of photographs of 100 twins from around the world made in honor of his twin who passed away in utero. Launched in February 2021, Twin Flames has since become the highest selling NFT photography collection of all time. Justin is also the founder of Save Art Space, a nonprofit that brings artists' work to public space through commercial billboards, and Quantum, which is a curated NFT platform and IRL gallery, co working, and community space. In this episode, we'll talk with Justin about studying photography and how he almost became a doctor the story of Twin Flames and how it led to the formation of Raw Dow and Quantum and his latest project, Smoke and Mirrors. Well, thank you so much, Justin, for joining us today. We're super stoked to have you on the first episode of the Raw Review. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor to have this grow from the Raw Dow and for you guys to start and me to be your first participant. So thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Can you tell us the story of how you started making photographs? We just want to dive right in. And do you remember the first photograph that you ever made? Yes. So as a kid, I was really interested in Polaroids because they were always around family events. So for me, a Polaroid was more fun and exciting. And before I knew it, it was just like a toy. And then it became like a tool as I got older. And the first photo I ever took consciously, I would say, you know, because you're given a Polaroid as a kid to shoot with. But I would say consciously a photo of my mom the first day I got my first Canon camera, which was a special illuminating moment in my life. Did you end up studying photography? Was this something that you studied in school? And could you maybe walk us through a few of the earlier projects that you worked on as you started thinking about photography as a medium? So when I was in high school... At first, I wanted to be a doctor. And, really? You know, it was really to help heal my mom because she was going through cancer. And it was like, I want to be a doctor. I want to heal my mom's cancer. And at the same time, I was skateboarding and taking photos while I was skateboarding. And that was like a hand-in-hand culture thing for me, finding and discovering who I was, who my friends were, and the things I was interested in through the lens of the camera. I had applied to, you know, this doctor school, and then I had applied to art school. And I had got rejected from the doctor school, but accepted to the art school. And at that moment, I knew I was going to be an artist. And in a way, I'm glad I went down that route because I learned alternative medicine through psychedelics and other means of plant medicines. And the healing I was looking for for my mom was actually with the plants. So in a way, becoming an artist was the better decision. And then I went to SVA from 2010 to 2014 for the BFA photo program. And during that time, I studied a lot of photography and philosophy, because those two things, I think, play off each other very well when you're thinking contextually and conceptually in in photo making. And then after art school, I started two businesses, one printing and scanning lab out of my house, and then two other studios after that in Brooklyn and Manhattan, and ending in the financial district. Um, At the same time, with the printing business, I had Save Art Space, which is a nonprofit I founded at the same time. And that is a public art organization. I'd love to talk about your iconic work, Twin Flames. Can you tell us the story of how this project got started? Twin Flames grew out of wanting to be a photographer, wanting to be an artist in the world, and not just photographing 
celebrities or models for commercial things or magazines. It was more so carving out a path for the art hood of my voice in the world and, and wanted to be an artist, which is why I went to art school in the first place is not to be a commercial photographer, but to be a true artist and communicate these ideas through the medium. And Twin Flames was started in 2017 and I finished it in 2018. And it's a portrait survey of a hundred twins all around the world in honor of my twin. And can you tell us a little bit about where this idea came from and how you started working on this project? What prompted you to start this reflection? Because obviously you've, you've lived with this experience of losing this twin. So I'm wondering, you know, you've had that with you for your whole life. What, what made you start working on this body of work? I think when you go through spiritual healing and cleansing after going through trauma of not only losing my twin at birth and being a twin survivor, but losing my mom and, and finding you know, a place for yourself in the world where you feel your home and you belong. And when you don't feel like that, you're kind of distorted and disoriented. So finding that inner truth of being you know, an empowered person in the world and stepping into your power, and for me, it was through art. And I had to go through a journey of healing in order to get to that place where I could finally empower myself and not feel like I'm a victim or part of like the space of loss and turn that loss into beauty and companionship and friendship and community. And so it was a journey from losing my mom in 2014 up until 2016, where I had met the shamans in Peru and they had shown me how to let go of toxic addiction and other behaviors and step into the light and let that go and let the trauma go and honor the loss by creating something beautiful. And for me, it was through photography and through the art and the journey of connecting with other people, illuminating them and building a community around the people in the project. You were working on that from 2017 to 2018, right? Yes. Okay. And that would have been right before the entry into NFTs. I'd be really interested to know how that led into stumbling upon like this other new world within this technology. So I was so focused on the analog world and, and medium of photography, shooting film and printing in the darkroom. So from 2017, 2018, I was shooting. End of 2018, I was printing. 2019, beginning of the year, I was creating a book and then having an exhibition. And for me, that's like the gallery world, the art world, before we knew what the NFT world was the way we do now. So for me, I felt like that's the first milestone of becoming an artist was having an exhibition and having a book and having work to display and having a solo show under your name to be an artist in the world and to be taken seriously. After that, you know, in 2019, the pandemic hit at the end of the year and then everyone is isolated. And this is the time where I spend time trying to connect with people online also learning how to navigate crypto. So it was, a, it was a learning year in 2020, as well as finishing or wanting to finish this art project because everyone in the world during the pandemic was in the same boat and like no one could create unless it was from their home. You can't really meet with people and take portraits. So for the longest time, I wasn't able to, to finish my current project, Smoke and Mirrors, because of the pandemic, which is understandable because no one could do anything mm -hmm. until we all felt comfortable to come out. And then the project continued. And during that time, it was really focused on Save Art Space. And then by the beginning of 2021, we were all getting onto Clubhouse and all communicating through this app. And now I'm seeing artists and tech and finance people come together in this trifecta of community through this app that we're all spending time on because we're all tired of Instagram and Facebook. And we found ourselves talking and sharing. 
And then it became a way for artists to share and meet new people and collectors and for tech people to meet artists and all gather and exchange ideas. And part of which is what took over all the rooms was all NFTs. And so I feel like there was such a common ground of everyone learning together and found ourselves making NFTs. And I found myself making Twin Flames an NFT project because for me, it felt organic and naturally going from shooting to framing to posting on Instagram to posting on my website, Mm -hmm. making a book and then finally saying, hey, this belongs as a minted project because this is the way I've been working. Mm -hmm. I didn't think about are people going to buy photography or not? I was just seeing the technology for what it was was another platform which has the best thing for artists is the royalties. And I think that's the most important thing for artists is to retain their royalties and be protected under a smart contract and a whole new paradigm being born out of this in the art world and how business is being presented to artists. And so we're seeing a lot of change that's good for the artists in the long term. Yeah. And here we are. I definitely agree. I remember coming into NFTs also through Clubhouse. I was listening into spaces and everyone was like, yeah, like, what is this? And how does this work? And it allowed me to find people that would help me understand more what I needed to know to get into this space. So I'm wondering if there was any people that you like became close to during this process of discovering NFTs. I mean, there is like rooms of people that were like hanging out every single day, all artists all over the world, just talking every day. And that was like the most beautiful part is just artists having a place to hang out. Like we're all in each other's studios and there's countless names, like everyone at that time. Was there anyone in particular that sort of helped guide you into figuring this all out? Just speaking from experience, it can be a lot to figure out at the beginning, especially. So I guess we were wondering if there is someone that was not necessarily a mentor, but someone who kind of like took you under their wing. Yeah, there were two people. There was G Money and there's Alex Mejmez. And Alex was someone who was trying to educate me about the technology like firsthand and not just share the links, but actually walk me through making a MetaMask and making an account on OpenSea and understanding it because doing it by yourself was very difficult. And at first, I didn't really understand when I was trying to mint on Rarible and I, and I felt like I was robbed because of the gas fees and nothing was minted. <laughs> right. And so I, I kind of like disregarded it. And then Alex came to me and shook some sense into me saying, dude, you got to like look at this and do this. I will help you. And then his help really made me enjoy the process and experience and a different platform. And it, and it was user friendly. And for me, that was under the wing of getting onboarded. Okay. I would say technically... And then G Money really helped onboard me socially and more so as a collector and not so much on the tech side. So like like I said before, you have the artist, the tech and the finance and they all come together and things can change. People work together and they create together and opportunities open up for everybody. Can you talk a little bit about the value of community building and sort of what role that played in building Twin Flames? I'm thinking about your previous work with Save Art Space that was using billboards to display artworks in public space and how NFTs are this new medium for displaying work. And I guess I'm wondering, did that experience of working on Save Art Space inform how you approached building this community around Twin Flames and maybe just broadly thinking about how value is created with NFTs? I mean, it seems to me like we have this new form of artists selling work in this new place to do this, but also the way that values being created is totally different than the traditional art world. So I wonder if you could talk a bit about that. I mean, we're seeing people connect online and spending all their time online. 
and fraternizing around projects and artists in particular. It just happens to be where everyone's having fun and it's exciting and everyone's discovering. And I feel like we're all in this mindset of discovery where we're all connecting through it and it's all through art and communities are born out of that. I mean, like you said, Save Art Space was my original community building machine because it allowed me to access artists and organizations around the world to put their art in the public space for everyone. And so that's community building at a local level. Mm -hmm. And we were so used to doing that, having exhibitions for artists all the time, every month in different cities. For me, community building is natural because that's how you make friends. And, you know, my goal is to make friends with artists and do bigger and better projects as we grow. For me, building a community around Twin Flames, it started with just getting to know people in the space, artists, collectors, and connecting with them authentically and inviting them to events or to clubhouse rooms and getting people involved and feel like they're welcome and part of something. And I think that is what really builds community. And so Twin Flames collectors, I built a community around that. And really, it started with the CryptoPunk community. And spending all my time in there, even not having a crypto punk, but getting to know these people who love art and get together through the art. These are the perfect people who can help build around your project if you get to know them the way that they understand punks. And so for me, that's how I found an audience. And it wasn't just by shilling. It was simply by contributing bigger than you could sell yourself. So for me, it was how do I engage this community and Working with G Money, we built a public art project through Save Art Space for the CryptoPunks, and it brought NFTs to life at a large scale because we're used to seeing these things as Twitter icons. But bringing an NFT into the public space around a project where people are collecting and fraternizing around just makes it magic for everyone. And doing that and contributing larger than yourself and your art is how you build community. And it just happened organically. That's really wonderful. I noticed that a lot of your work is portrait-based. Do you feel like there is a relationship between your strength and building community, wanting to connect authentically and connecting with people through the camera? I think 100%. The reason why I make so many portraits is because I love people. I love how we are all here together. And for me, like to create with everyone on Earth is a goal. And portraits for me is like how I see photography and how I see the world. And for me, it's honoring people through my portraits. Totally. All this talk about the community aspect of the NFT space and coming together during the pandemic, I mean, it, it also makes me think a little bit of the experience of going to art school and being surrounded by people who are like-minded and who are also interested, often in the same medium, but not necessarily. And sort of that community that forms for that period of time that you're doing a BFA or an MFA or something like that. Going back to your history, like what was your experience of art school and the art education model? And how does that feel in relation to this new space where we're coming together in what feels like a new way, but maybe it's not new. Maybe it's just the same thing where artists are coming together to talk about the work and hang out. So I'm grateful I went to art school because it gave me an education of philosophy that I wouldn't have ever heard of unless I've gone to the school. So it gave me a whole lexicon of ideas. I could have read this at a library, but I don't know what to read. So in a way, they're curating your experience of knowledge. And yes, you could get that online, but it's just a different type of information. Right. So for me, the academic information is universal and inspiring and philosophical idealism. But for, you know, educating yourself through social media and clubhouse rooms, it's more social knowledge and not so much philosophical 
There's just two different places that give you two different skill sets in my eyes. And I'm grateful for both because, you know, without the ideas and, and without a place to share them, how can you communicate with anyone? For sure. Can you tell us a bit about Twin Flames 49 and how you were involved in founding RawDAO? So Twin Flames 49 is a photo of Allison and her sister, Courtney Aliano. And Courtney is not in the photograph, but her death certificate is. Allison is my photo teacher from SVA, and she held space for me in Los Angeles when I came to visit to make art and do Twin Flames. And then during the time I was staying, she's actually the last photograph of 2017. And she had told me she lost her twin at birth, similar to how I did. And we just connected over that. And I thought we had a connection as a student teacher and someone who taught me how to shoot on location. And now, you know, sharing this trauma and her holding space for me was a magical moment for us as friends. And I asked her to be in the project. And we made this photo of her looking into the mirror in a way where she's looking into the spirit world, looking into herself. And she's blurred in the foreground because it's Plato's allegory of the cave is what's the real, the reflection or the, or the shadow. So I like playing with those ideas in my photography through reflections, refractions, and perceptions of how you could use light and lens. And so that photo is really special. And it was one of the photos that I, I didn't actually sell from the beginning. And I held on to it for a reason. And the reason was really for myself, because I didn't want to sell it. It didn't feel right until I had this opportunity with Sotheby's in June and I didn't have any other photo from Twin Flames except that one. And I couldn't say no to this opportunity of being voted community member to be in, the, in this lot. And I felt like this is the right time. But because the community voted for me, I'm going to give all the money back to the community and give it to a sevens grant. That's a full donation to give back. And so Anonymous 311 ended up purchasing the piece for $35,000, which is the highest at the time. And he believed in me. And we built a friendship. And over that time, this idea of fractionalization was getting big with fractional.art. And he decided to fractionalize the piece and create the community twin. Because at that time, twin flames were really inaccessible and the floor was around 100 ETH. So mm -hmm. he thought it was a good idea to fractionalize it so more people could be part of the community because people wanted to be part of it. And so he fractionalized it and set a buyout for around 506 ETH. And at this time, a few hundred people participated in that and built a community around it. And it was a tight little group of people for around two to three weeks. And as he set this buyout to refractionalize it, there was a period where I was planning a Christie's auction with the physical full set, the original prints to give them some love and spotlight and not just make it about the NFTs and making it about the original physical work. And so Christie's had said yes to doing it in October. And in between August and October, DT from Fingerprints DAO had a conversation with me and he decided to buy out the Twin Flames at 506 ETH. And then him and I were connecting a lot and formed this idea around the Raw DAO. And he decided he wanted to make a party bid for Twin Flames 49 and set the reserve at 1,000 ETH to raise money for a treasury where all the money goes to buying photography. Hmm. This is what starts the Raw DAO is through Twin Flames 49 being the catalyst for abundance for the treasury for one photo to hopefully support thousands of photographers. And I think that's the beautiful thing about the photo itself. It's like a sacrifice of life and in a way, a sacrifice for the community to grow and be like the seed for the tree of life and the raw down. There was a raise for over a week. It was a week long, I believe. And it was a thousand ETH raise. 
And on the last day, they had raised around 888 ETH and the reserve was lowered to meet the reserve. So we we didn't have to wait until it hit a thousand because we felt like it was enough. Hmm. And so the buyout was triggered and the piece sold for around like $3.7 million, which is like the fifth highest photo sold in the world. And thus the raw data was born and a treasury was formed to start collecting photography. Wow. That's just such an incredible story, like going all the way back to like you being able to connect to like a photographer teacher relationship while making this work. And then everything's just connected back to like community and to life and rebirth. And I love that so much. Why is raw important? What makes it different than a traditional art collection? I think raw is very important for a few reasons. We need more photography collectors. This DAO is amalgamation of all the photography communities combined, all the organizations in one spot. And I think having that allyship between all the participants in the photo ecosystem is vital. And to be like a centerfold for information, education, and collection, and mutual support through each other's projects so we can all thrive in photography. Because we're in a place where we need to prove photography's importance in the NFT space and match gen art and people's interest in that. It's a non-native digital medium, but it works so well as a digital medium. And I think once people understand to reevaluate photography the way they do gen art, there will be tons of collectors. And for us to inspire a generation of new photo collectors through the history of photography. And I think we have to be the lighthouse to inform new collectors what photography is about and how to get involved. Can you talk a little bit about the community curation model that's being developed in RAW and tell listeners a little bit about that they may or may not know? I love the community curation because it truly gives everyone a voice and a chance to nominate a photographer and have a say in the vote. And at the end of the day, who has the highest votes is what's collected. And it's a truly democratic way to collect art together and educate each other on why these things should be collected and why these are considered grails. Because there's a responsibility for the DAO to have a growing collection that's well regarded. Okay, switching gears a bit, can we talk about Quantum? Uh, Can you tell us what it is and how it got started? Sure. Quantum is my NFT platform I'm the CEO of with a great group of other founders, Chris Graves, Alex, Jonas. And we built a photography NFT platform that has now grown into digital art, fashion, metaverse, IRL spaces. But our core is photography and photography drops, weekly curated drops from photographers around the world. Quantum was actually born also out of Twin Flames. So in a funny way, these twin companies, these twin photography companies, RawDAO, I wouldn't call that a company, I'd call that a community, but the RawDAO is kind of like the fraternal twin of Quantum because they both came out of Twin Flames in a way. Mm. I would look at RawDAO as like a nonprofit and Quantum as the for-profit to help uplift other artists. So in a way, like Quantum distributes NFTs and RawDAO collects NFTs from photographers in the entire ecosystem. And we're building these IRL spaces around the world to bring us offline and into the real world. It's really interesting how the two balance each other like that. Could you talk a bit about what is the value of a curated platform and what makes it different than, say, a traditional gallery or agency? I just think, and this is what I've noticed from watching generative art grow in the space, 
there is a scatter mind of projects all over these platforms. And to find a community or a roster of artists you can trust and be part of is, I think, what's vital to building community and making a successful platform. If you look at Artblocks, they have, you know, a roster of artists, of generative artists and a Discord, and everyone communicates there, right. collectors, artists, and developers around generative art. So it's like a well where people visit a watering hole, as you would say, for the generative art collectors and enthusiasts. So we, we thought we have to create a place like this for photography, give a place people could trust and know and they could come to, to be part of a strong community with quality work. I think people were looking for that versus looking through the open sea of finding and discovering someone on their own. And what can you tell us about this new physical gallery space? I think it's being opened in Santa Monica. Can you give us some teasers about that? Yeah, June 3rd is our scheduled opening date. And it's our first quantum space on Santa Monica and Wilshire and third on the promenade. It's a NFT gallery co-working activation event space. And it's basically going to act as an NFT hub for the community in these major cities as we grow and starting in Los Angeles. So what I've always been passionate about is building community and having a place, a physical place for us NFT people to come to and feel safe at is what I'm trying to build in LA as a destination for the community to grow out of. And then New York and London and et cetera around the world, bringing people together. You've talked about NFTs as sort of like a, a digital twin to the physical artwork and how we sort of need both of these elements in our lives, that if we lose the physical and only have the digital, you know, we've lost something that makes us human or and vice versa, that we also need technology and we also need the digital. How do you see quantum bringing these two things together? Is it like a global hub for people to come together? Is it about curating and showing the work that you think needs to be seen? Or like, what is your vision for quantum going forward? The, the physical space? Everything. I mean, like this, it seems to me like quantum brings together a lot of different interests because there's both this gallery space, this IRL component, and there's also the online platform that is about bringing work out into the world and minting it. I'm wondering what your vision is for this and how it relates to this idea of a twin between the physical work and the NFT. So I'll start by saying the physical work created before NFTs is the origin. But I feel like for people to be able to enjoy the work the way you intend them to digitally through NFTs and having the work exist in a digital plane inevitably creates a digital twin of the object from the material world. Right. So bringing people to the gallery is a way to shine the light on the NFTs and have communities around the work in the space, around artists, around different projects. It's not just a quantum space. In a way, it's supposed to act as a surrogate space for all projects to come to, whether it's Obscura or Cool Cats or any other NFT project mm -hmm. that's involved in our community, you know, will be able to utilize the space. And it's truly a space for all projects to come to and feel like they can connect with people there. That's really sweet. And now that you have your own gallery, what is your relationship with the traditional art world since you began your new path forward in NFTs? What do you think lays ahead for galleries, museums, and other traditional art institutions? It's funny you say that because I don't see quantum space as a gallery. I see it as a community hub that just has a gallery inside of it. It's like gallery 3.0. <laughs> We're not just selling shit. 
we are bringing the community together and there are things to buy there, but that's not why we're there. Right, right. In a way, we're not in competitive. We're just doing something completely different and it's a whole different business model. Mm -hmm. But I love museums and I want to show my work in there. So I have nothing against museums or galleries. Going on to the next thing. We've noticed throughout all of this that you have an incredible relationship with philanthropy and pretty much everything that you do from Save Art Space to donating funds from Twin Flames, either to charity or that one piece in particular that founded Raw Dow to even paying the twins that you photographed and getting artists on Quantum to donate a percentage of sales to charity of their choice. You know, the list goes on. And I'd love to know, like, what is it about this that is important to you? The philanthropy of art for me is how do you want your art to impact the world? Is it going to be something that hangs on someone's wall or is it going to be something that changes someone's life? And for me, I want my art to act as a vehicle for making the world a better place and changing people's lives for the best outcome possible. And, you know, through portraits and the way I use the funding from these sales is my impact. And I always pray I'm doing the right thing and honoring the people who are in my project the way that they deserve to be. Great. I guess I'm thinking about the, the NFT market. If we think about it more broadly, like not just NFT photo, but profile pic projects and all that type of thing. Do you feel like there's sort of a tension between the greed that can arise in the NFT market with individuals making a ton of money and flipping projects and this value of building community? Do you think that these two things can coexist in the same space or do you see them at odds with another? You know, I think these two things are in different dimensions. And I focus all my attention on, on people who want to build long term community. I mean, Let's be honest, the NFT space has the flipping and trading mentality because it's a part of a financial system. And the art is the symbol and representation of what's being traded. But I think there are people who genuinely are investing in artists to connect with other people and be part of something. And the art serves as that connecting point. And maybe even this art can convert people to want to be part of a community, even though they came for the money. So in a way, it transmutes the greed into something that transcends them. Have you ever felt conflicted by the financial reality of your own work? It must be either surreal or, I mean, amazing, but also off-putting to see the huge sales values that Twin Flames and other projects have generated. Do you ever feel conflicted by that? Do you feel like your own ethics and morals are difficult to balance with that? I'm just wondering if you've thought about that over the, the last year. It is a huge responsibility, which is why I take complete seriousness in how I distribute and philanthropize what income has been made through the work. And at the end of the day, people have decided the value of the work. You cannot even imagine living as an artist. Your, your job is to create art, whether what medium it is. Mm -hmm. And so you would never know things like this could happen until they happen. Right. And so how do you respond in that situation. For me, it's doing the right thing, including the people who are involved and using the funds not on Ferraris, but in <laughs> philanthropy. That's really sweet. I'd love to go back to the idea of the physical and the digital and talk about your new work, Smoke and Mirrors. What is it? So Smoke and Mirrors is a project I've been thinking about for a while. And I knew I was going to do a new project after finishing Twin Flames. And I finished Twin Flames in 2018 in July. And I had started shooting Smoke and Mirrors in August, 
literally a month after I finished and just jumped into a new project because I'm the type of person who loves to create continuously and make projects and shoot and not stop creating. And I work best when I'm doing projects. So as I finished Twin Flames, I already knew what new project was ahead. And, you know, it's a feeling of when you're going to start a project. And when I saw the subject, Angel, who's the first person I photographed, who's the queen of swords and the top rated astrologist in New York City, who's become a good friend, I feel like that was the moment where I realized, okay, this is where I'm going to start my new project. And I knew I wanted to do something in the tarot and archetypes and a whole new set of people and heroes and mythological representations. And for me, it was, we're not doing the healing journey, we're doing the hero's journey, because we, we got through that, we found closure, and now it's time to step into the power and create and create with people who you look up to and who are around you. So in a way, Smoke and Mirrors is a reflection of the artist's journey and, and the hero's journey by the end of it. And, you know, you follow the cards in order of these people you meet in life, and, you know, it's not always going to be in order from, from the fool to the sun. It's going to be every type of personality and archetype that exists. And you encounter them. And, you, and for me, it was to create with them and build a deck around experience and archetypes. Also, conceptually, it's this idea of like the ancient esoteric humanity and how we treat that now as we move into the future with digital NFTs. And that's why when you see me print, these pictures, it's on papyrus paper, but I'm using silkscreen as the medium to get ink the paper. So it's this constant bridge between old and new, ancient and future that I have this connection with in the way that I want to express the whole wheel of humanity in one image, kind of like creating hieroglyphs now. And can you talk a bit about the process of choosing the people that you photographed for this body of work? There are quite a few artists that are included as subjects. So I was sort of wondering if you see a relationship between artists and mysticism. In your mind, what is the role of the artist? Is there like a magic or a power to being an artist? And, and what do you think about this? I think artists are shamans and they communicate with the spirit to translate the messages through poetry, through painting, through however, however they receive it and they output it. I think artists have a connection to something greater than themselves. And to share that is how we can share experience and feelings to create empathy. And for me, you know, naturally choosing artists because I hang out with a bunch of artists, but not only that, people who I look up to, the Alex Grays, the Swoons, the Hank Willis Thomas is in there. Mm -hmm. It's about creating with the people you look up to and putting yourselves on the same plane through creativity and becoming friends and building community around art. It's always been about building community through the art and around the art and people who you're inspired by. That's really beautiful. What do you think about the interpretive aspect of tarot and relating that to sort of how we read images through signs and symbols? Do you see a relationship between these two ways of thinking and being guided, especially thinking about photography and the way that we can read images in really different ways, depending on context and where we're coming from in our own lives? I think what materializes in the photograph is what the photographer feels and how they are communicating with their environment and the people in it, whether it be a portrait or documentary or landscape. I think it's just simply we just want to communicate something, a feeling inside of us that we want to share. And I think that sharing is how we can understand each other. We were just thinking about the art making process and sort of when you're working on a project, I mean, both Briley and I make work as photographers. 
when you start projects, you don't necessarily know the outcome. You don't know where this project is heading. An idea in mind, and then it kind of goes somewhere. Right. There's some sort of similar thing happening with tarot because you're shuffling the cards, you're asking questions, but not a yes or no question. You're sort of letting yourself be guided and you're interpreting things. But again, you're open to being guided by the process more than anything. And I'm wondering what kind of parallels you see between art making and tarot while you were making this project. So I do want to share about the silkscreen process for the tarot and why I think it's appropriate as a process, Mm -hmm. not just printing the black and whites in the darkroom, which I did do, but creating this colorful derivative through silkscreen. And I think if you look at silkscreen, feeling like you're inside of a camera and and the screen is like the shutter in a way where the paper is the film. And the exposure is you laying the ink through the screen onto the paper. And for me, it's such a photographic process Mm. mechanically that it just fits so well. And it's a way where you could truly paint with your photography. And I always wanted to paint and I have painted, but it feels more confident when you do it like this as a silkscreen method. Mm -hmm. So it's just innately photographic, even though it's like meant to be for painters. If we take a step back and we look at everything with throughout all the projects that you've made and even just reflecting on your life, there's a lot of recurring themes of twindom, duality in the physical and the digital. And there's this very unique history of your life of what feels like a mix of fate and chance. And your story is so compelling and uncanny from like the first photograph that you took of your mother and what that would later represent to the chance of becoming this artist and like the success that's come with that and all these things from like the portrait with like the student and the teacher with the twins to hearing about like twins walking into the gallery and how this all led to twin flames and it's all woven together with your interest in spirituality and I'd love to know how do you feel about all of these events that have unfolded in your life does it feel like this path was meant to be I mean you said it you you said you said it best I think (laughs) (laughs) all these things are woven together through chance and serendipity and in a way where is it fate is it choice is it will is is it just the journey of of a person's life and sharing their story and you know it it all makes sense at the end of the day because you don't give up and you just keep going and you just keep creating and you're inspired by the people in your life that push you to do that Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Justin. I appreciate you uh, chatting with us today and looking forward to uh, talking more in the future. Thank you for asking that. Now I'm all teary. Uh... <laughs> you saying that really, I felt, I feel, I feel it. We're really grateful to have you in this community and working on all this together. I am grateful for you to really taking charge in the DAO and engaging and involving and participating. And it's inspiring to see, you know, we did this out of the goodness of our heart to do good for other people and seeing people who understand the vision that was created and want to be a participant and, you know, build off of it is what touches my heart. And I'm thankful for you guys. Wow. Thank you so much for the kind words, Justin. Now I'm going to go because <laughs> I'm crying and I got to oh, go. Now. Oh, it's so sweet. Okay. Well, listen, we don't want to take up, you know, any more of your time, but uh, <laughs> it's been a slice. Hope we can chat in the future. It'd be great to do another conversation. Anytime. Text me, call me. I love you guys. Have a great day. All right, Justin. Talk soon. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of The Raw Review. You can find us online at rawdow.xyz and on Twitter at TheRawDow. 
Join the conversation at discord.gg slash rawdow. The Raw Review Podcast is for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. Views expressed by guests and the hosts do not reflect the views of Rawdow. The Raw Review Podcast is not investment advice or a solicitation to make any financial decisions. NFTs and cryptocurrencies discussed in this episode are not endorsed by Rawdow. Do not purchase raw tokens, other cryptocurrencies, or NFTs in anticipation of financial returns. Please do your own research. research.